Welcome to Zichud Dafsim Manim Amar by Ram Goldar and today Masechus Baba Kama Daf Nun Tes. The sixth parak Kakones. The sixth parak has been generously sponsored by the Klein family as a schus for Rafua Shlema for Gitol Zisel Bas Rachel. So the three topics we're going to focus on. Number one, a bryce on Daf Nun Chesam Abes discussed assessing chazis newly spread a grain which was eaten by one's animal. Biosi Galili said, Nidon Shabo. It's judged based on what remains in the field, meaning the remaining grain is evaluated at harvest time to determine the damage of the undeveloped grain. The Chamim say we assess the value of the land with its stocks before it was damaged and its value after its stocks were damaged. Thus, they follow the grain's current value. Abai says Rabbi Yossi Agui and Rabbi Shmuel share the same opinion. Rabbi Shmuel says that when the Torah taught to pay his choices field or vineyard, it means Metav Sedeu Shal Nizak, Metav Karmo Shal Nizak, the Nizak's choices field and the Nizak's choices vineyard. Abai explains this to mean, but Metav Delakame, its choices value later on at harvest, which is assessed based on how the rest of the field turns out. Point number two, the Bryce had just mentioned taught that if an animal eats madar budding grapes, Rabbi Yeshua says he pays what their value would be at harvest. After the more establishes that Rabbi Shem ben Yehuda is saying the same thing, it explains that they are arguing about kachash kufna, deducting the weakening of the vine, which would have occurred if the grapes had remained on the vine until harvesting, drawing nourishment from the vine. The Gemara says it's unknown which tana holds it is deducted, but Abai approves it's Rabbi Shem ben Yehuda. He taught that one who violates a basua does not pay compensation for her pain. Because she eventually would have endured this pain under her husband. The Chamu disagrees, saying the pain from forced relations is incomparable with that from willing relations. Abaya says two other Tanaim deduct future benefits from damage payments. Regarding the payment of Dmei for causing a miscarriage, Rabbi Yossi says, We deduct the fee for a midwife, which the husband would have paid if his wife had carried to term. Benazi says that came Azonos. We deduct the cost of the additional food the woman would have required if her pregnancy had continued. Their Machokas is explained. And pointing with you, the Mishnah states that if one sends fire with a hair shot of a katan, he's not compelled to pay in court for damages, but is chaybedini shemaim, liable by the laws of heaven. If he handed it to a competent person, that person is liable for any damages. Echod hevi ur, if one brought the fire, echod hevi etzim, and then one brought the wood and put it on the fire, the one who brought the wood is liable for damages, since the fire would not have spread without the added wood. If one brought wood and then another brought fire, the one who brought the fire is liable. If another person came and fanned the fire, without which it would not have grown to a fire capable of damage, he alone is chayv. If it was fanned by a wind, all of them are putter. As quoted on Daf Chabes on a base, Rishokish says that one is only putter for handing a coal to a shota, but would be liable for handing him a flame. Rabbi Yochan says one is even putter for handing him a flame. So once again, the three points are number one. Abraisa Nunches Amabes discussed assessing chazis, newly sprouted grain which was eaten by one's animal. Biosi Galili said, Nidon B'meshuyer Shabo. It's judged based on what remains in the field, meaning the remaining grain is evaluated at harvest time to determine the damage of the undeveloped grain. The Chamim say we assess the value of the land with its stocks before it was damaged and its value after its stocks were damaged. Thus, they follow the grain's current value. Abai says Rabbi Yossi Agui and Rabbi Shmuel share the same opinion. Rabbi Shmuel says that when the Torah taught to pay his choices field or vineyard, it means Metav Sedeu Shal Nizak, Metav Karmo Shal Nizak, the Nizak's choices field and the Nizak's choices vineyard. Abai explains this to mean, but Metav Delakame, its choices value later on at harvest, which is assessed based on how the rest of the field turns out. 
Point number two, the Bryce had just mentioned, Todd, that if an animal eats madar budding grapes, Rabbi Yeshua says he pays what their value would be at harvest. After the more establishes that Rabbi ben Yehuda is saying the same thing, it explains that they are arguing about kachash gufna, deducting the weakening of the vine, which would have occurred if the grapes had remained on the vine until harvesting, drawing nourishment from the vine. The Gemara says it's unknown which Tana holds it is deducted, but Abaya proves it's Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda. He taught that one who violates a basua does not pay compensation for her pain. Because she eventually would have endured this pain under her husband. The Chamu disagrees, saying the pain from forced relations is incomparable with that from willing relations. Abaya says two other Tanaim deduct future benefits from damage payments. Regarding the payment of Dmei for causing a miscarriage, Rabbi Yossi says, We deduct the fee for a midwife, which the husband would have paid if his wife had carried to term. Benazi says, Azonos. We deduct the cost of the additional food the woman would have required if her pregnancy had continued. Their Malchokas is explained. And pointing with you, the Mishnah states that if one sends fire with a cher shot of a katan, he's not compelled to pay in court for damages, but is chai bedine shemaim, liable by the laws of heaven. If he handed it to a competent person, that person is liable for any damages. Echod hevi ur, if one brought the fire, echod hevi etzim, and then one brought the wood and put it on the fire, the one who brought the wood is liable for damages, since the fire would not have spread without the added wood. If one brought wood and then another brought fire, the one who brought the fire is liable. If another person came and fanned the fire, without which it would not have grown to a fire capable of damage, he alone is chayv. If it was fanned by a wind, all of them are putter. As quoted on Dafchabes on the base, Rishwakish says that one is only putter for handing a coal to a shota, but would be liable for handing him a flame. Rabbi Yochan says one is even putter for handing him a flame. All right, so now we go to our simon for Dafnun test, and this simon was suggested to us by Binyamin Mushal from Boca Raton and by Eitan Gavran. They both suggested that Nun Tess is a knight. So here goes. The knight in shining armor who was getting an assessment for the damage done when his horse ate the farmer's newly spread of grain didn't realize his horse was busy eating budding grapes, which would cost him more, minus the weakening of the vine, because he was nervous looking at three people coming, one carrying a fire, one carrying some wood, and one carrying a bellows to fan the flame. All right, so once again, in slow motion. The knight in shining armor, knight, that must be one duff, nun tes. The knight in shining armor who was getting an assessment for the damage done when his horse ate the farmer's newly spread of grain, which reminds us of Bryson Nun Chesambes discussed assessing chazis, newly spread of grain which was eaten by one's animal. Rabbi Yosef Lili said, It's judged based on what remains in the field, meaning the remaining grain is evaluated at harvest time to determine the damage of the undeveloped grain. The Chami said we assess the value of the land with its stocks before it was damaged and its value after its stocks were damaged. Thus, they fall the grain's current value. So the knight in shining armor was getting an assessment for the damage done when his horse ate the farmer's newly sprouted grain, didn't realize his horse was busy eating budding grapes, which would cost him more, minus the weakening of the vine, which reminds us the Bryce had taught that if an animal eats madar budding grapes, Rabbi Yeshua says he pays what their value would be at harvest. After the more establishes that Rabbi Shimon Yehuda is saying the same thing, it explains that they argue about kachash gufna, deducting the weakening of the vine, which would have occurred if the grapes had remained on the vine until harvesting, drawing nourishment from the vine. So, the knight in shining armor who was getting an assessment for the damage done when his horse ate the farmer's newly sprouted grain, didn't realize his horse was busy eating budding grapes, which would cost him more, minus the weakening of the vine, because he was nervous looking at three people coming, one carrying a fire, one carrying some wood, and one carrying a bellows. 
to fan the flame, which reminds us, if one brought wood and then another brought fire, the one who brought the fire is Chayev. If another person came and fanned the fire, without which it would not have grown to a fire capable of damage, he alone is liable. If it was fanned by a wind, all of them are exempt. So once again, the knight in shining armor who was getting an assessment for the damage done when his horse ate the farmer's newly sprouted grain didn't realize his horse was busy eating budding grapes, which would cost him more, minus the weakening of the vine, because he was nervous looking at three people coming, one carrying a fire, one carrying some wood, and one carrying a bellows to fan the flame. All right, so now it's time for Ford Labach Hazar. Dafnun Hay. So the symbol Dafnun Hay is a speed limit sign of 55. So here goes. The speed limit sign with the word Tov in it, surrounded by the outline of the Luchoshnios, was posted along the road where a man was leading a wagon with a goat and a shibuta fish pulling it. Right next to an enclosure where a sheep that was locked in with a shmir bachusa managed to escape. Once again, it's a motion. The speed limit sign, speed limit sign, that Mesmuran Dafnun Hay, 55. The speed limit sign with the word Tovinet, surrounded by the outline of the Luchoshniyos, which reminds us Rabbi Tanchum Barchanilai quoted Shmuel Bar Nachman, who explained the reason why the word Tov is not mentioned in the first Aser Sedibros, because they were destined to be shattered, which Ravashi explained would indicate Chas Vashon, Pasca Tovim Yisrael, heaven forbid goodness has ceased from Yisrael. Rabbi Yeshua said, If one sees the letter Tess in his dream, it's a good sign for him. The Gemara ultimately explains, because the Torah began using the letter Tess for goodness, because its first appearance is when describing light as Tov, good. So the speed limit sign with the word Tov in it, surrounded by the outline of the Luchoshniyos, was posted along the road where a man was leading a wagon with a goat and Shibuta fish pulling it, which reminds us, Rochafa asked, one who leads a wagon by means of a goat and a Shibuta fish pulling it, what is the halacha? Do we say that since the goat cannot go into the sea and the fish cannot go into dry land, he has not done anything prohibited because they are inherently separate and he's not over on climb, or, since they drew the wagon, he violated the climb prohibition. So the speed limit sign with the word Tovinet, surrounded by the outline of the Luchoshniyos, was posted along the road where a man was leading a wagon with a goat and Shibuta fish pulling it, right next to an enclosure where a sheep that was locked in with a Shmir Bachusa managed to escape, which reminds us, the sixth parak begins, Hakonis Tsongladir, one who brought a sheep into a shed, and locked the opening before properly, but it escaped and damaged someone's property, he's patr. If it was not properly locked, he's chayev. Abraisa defines a shmir bachusa, a proper locking as, a door which can withstand a normal wind. This level of protection is considered shmir bachusa, lesser guarding. Daf Nun Vav. So the Simon Daf Nun Vav is a shusher and shul going, nu nu. So here goes. The shusher, shusher, that must be more in Daf Nun Vav. Nu nu. The shusher was so busy shushing the man who accidentally broke someone's weak wall leading an animal to escape and bragged that he was Pater Medine Adam, telling him that he was Tochayev. Bidine Shamayim, which reminds us, the more brings four cases which are Pater Bidine Adam, the Chai Bidine Shamayim, where their liability Bidine Shamayim is a Chiddush. The first case is where one breaks someone's wall, allowing his animal to escape. One can think he's not even Chai Bidine Shamayim for the lost animal, since the weak wall was meant to be dismantled. So the Shusha was so busy shushing the man who accidentally broke someone's weak wall, leading an animal to escape and bragged that he was Pater Bidine Adam, telling him that he was so Chayib. That he didn't notice robbers striking an animal to get it to leave its enclosure, which qualifies as Meshich, which reminds us the Mishnah Daf Nun based taught, If robbers took the animal out of its enclosure, the robbers had chai for any damage it inflicts. 
The government said this is obvious because by pulling an animal, they acquired it in theft and are responsible for its damages. One explanation that it's a case of a kisha, where the robber struck the animal causing it to move, disqualifies as mashicha and makes him liable for the animal's damages. So the shusha was so busy shushing the man who accidentally broke someone's weak wall leading an animal to escape and bragged that he was pater bedine adam, that he was still chayv bedine shamayim, that he didn't know his robber striking an animal to get it to leave its enclosure, which qualifies as mashicha nor the man who found a lost watch and became a Shomer Aveda, which some say is like a Shomer Sacher, which reminds us, Amarim dispute the status of a Shomer Aveda, one who watches a lost object, which he found. Rabbi says, Kishomer Chinam he's considered like an unpaid custodian, and explains what Hanah comes to him from watching it. Rabbi Yosef says, Kishomer Sacher he's considered like a paid custodian, and explains because of the Hanah he derives, that he doesn't need to give bread to a poor person while he's involved in caring for the lost object because of the rule of Ha'osik B'mitzvah, Patamina Mitzvah, and therefore he's considered a Shomer Sacher. Another explanation is given. Dafnun Zayn. So the similar Dafnun Zayn is a nose, and we use a puppet with a very long nose. So here goes. The Shomer Aveda who returned a lost puppet with a long nose, lost puppet with a long nose, that must mean we're on Dafnun Zayn. The Shomer Aveda who returned a lost puppet with a long nose to the owner's secure garden without the owner's knowledge, which reminds us where Balazu rules the cold Srikhan Das Balim, every item being returned, such as a stolen item or a picadon, requires the owner's awareness that it was returned. Otherwise, he's still responsible for it. Chutz, Mahashava Saved, except for returning a lost item, which may be returned without the owner's knowledge. Shariib Sabot Torah Hashavas Harbi, because the Torah included many types of returning. So the Shomer Aveda who returned a lost pup with a long nose to the owner's secure garden without the owner's knowledge, recalling that the last time he was a Shomer Aveda and swore that the lost item was stolen by an armed robber, ended up making Mechaev to pay Kefo. Which reminds us, Rav Yosef said, a tone tanis listi mezuin, where one makes a claim that a lost item that he found was stolen by an armed robber, which is an onus, for which even a Shomer Sacher is pater, he pays double for falsely claiming so. Although one only pays Kefo for a claim of theft by a gun of one who steals secretly, and not a gaza one who robs openly through force, Rav Yosef holds that an armed robber since he hides from people, he's classified as a gunov. So the Shomer Aved who returned a lost pup with a long nose to the owner's secure garden without the owner's knowledge, recalling that the last time he was a Shomer Aved and swore that the lost item was stolen by an armed robber, ended up making him chayev to pay kefal. Over at someone who rented a cow say he would pay for the stolen cow and not swear, knowing if the thief gets caught. He'll receive kefal, which reminds us, if someone rented a cow and it was stolen, and instead of swearing to exempt himself, he said, I shall pay and not swear. And the thief was later found. He pays kefal to the renter because by paying for it voluntarily, he acquires the stolen cow. So the similar Dafnun Ches is Noach Goldberg, the zookeeper. So here goes. When Noach Goldberg, the zookeeper, Noah Goldberg, the zookeeper, that must have been more on Dafnun Ches. When Noah Goldberg the zookeeper was chasing a lion away from someone's property, he noticed someone's sheep had fallen into the garden, damaging some produce, which reminds us two reasons are given as to why the concept of Mavriach Ari Menich chasing a lion away from someone's property, where one does not collect benefits from the property's owner because he was performing a mitzvah in protecting the property, does not apply where a sheep fell into someone's garden and the produce cushioned the fall. Number one, Mavriach Ari is done medaito knowingly, whereas the owner of the garden saved the animal from injury unknowingly. And secondly, Mavriach Ari does not suffer a loss by chasing away the lion, whereas this one suffers a loss of his produce's damage, and therefore he may collect the animal's benefit.
So when Noah Goldberg the zookeeper was chasing a lion away from someone's property, he noticed someone's sheep had fallen into the garden, damaging some produce, and was now eating more produce going from one row to the next, which reminds it was taught that if someone's animal fell into a garden and ate produce, he pays for its benefit but not the full damages. Rakhana says this is only true for that bed onto which it fell. Rashi explains the animal could not restrain itself from consuming that bed. Avama arugula aruga, but if it went from one row to another row and ate there, Mishalemis Masha Hazika, it pays for what it damaged because the owner is negligent for not removing it. Rav Yochanan says that even if the animal went from one row to another all day, the owner would still only pay its benefit as she takes the dust until it leaves the garden and returns with the owner's knowledge. So when Noah Goldberg the zookeeper was chasing a lion away from someone's property, he noticed someone's sheep had fallen into the garden, damaging some produce, and was now eating more produce going from one row to the next, while the homeowner was busy assessing the damage as part of a larger area of a base saw, which reminds us, the Mishan Duff Nun Hayama base taught that where an animal damaged produce in a field, the damage is not assessed according to the value of the produce, but according to the field's loss in value. Furthermore, the assessment is not made for the specific area of damage, but as part of a greater area of a base saw of land. Or Masam provides the source, Ubir Besteacher, and it consumes in the field of another. This teaches that they assess the damage based on another larger field. The more brings different opinions as to how the price of a base saw is evaluated. All right, so now it's time to conclude with the pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which stuff do we learn why Tova only appears in the second version of the Aserah de Brus and the meaning of seeing a test in a dream? That's on Duff. Good number two, which stuff do we discuss? Kasha's Guthna, deducting the weakening of the vine. That's on Duff. None task. Good number three. Which daft do we have Malchuk? Whether a Shomer Aveda is like a Shomer Sachar or a Shomer Chinam. That's on Duff. Good number four. Which stuff do we have whether an owner of a boar has to pay if a cow falls in backwards from the sound of digging? That's on duff. Nun gimel. Good number five. Which stuff do we learn about the exemption of Mavriach Ari Menichse Havero chasing a lion from a friend's property versus an animal falling into someone's garden? That's on duff. Good number six. Which stuff would you discuss a fire to which multiple people contributed? Where one brings a fire, one brings a wood, and one fans a flame. That's on Duff. Nun task. Good number seven. Which of the one is permitted to return a lost object without the owner's knowledge? That's on Duff. Nun zine. Good number eight. Which stuff would you discuss whether assessing damage to underdeveloped grain, chazis, is based on the field's current value or harvest time value? That's on Duff. None task. Good number nine. Which something when the one is exempt for the damages to a short pikeach who fell in a bore because the short should have been watching where it was walking? That's on Duff. Good number ten. Which stuff do we discuss if the owner of an animal that fell into someone's garden is chayev if his animal goes from one row to the next to eat the produce? That's on Duff. None has. Excellent. That concludes today's year. This is everybody from Goldhar from Zichru. Wishing you a great day and great learning.